Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. MJ Cleary with you for the next hour, bringing you the latest from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness on what is the first programme of 2024. So Wednesday, 3rd of January. I hope you all had a nice, relaxing Christmas break. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, Still plenty of New Year's cobwebs to be blown away. So if you're not feeling your most productive this week, that is perfectly reasonable in my book. Remember, our Celtic ancestors, they actually didn't celebrate New Year until the 1st of February, until Imbolg. So bear that in mind that uh, over these next few weeks, what our Celtic ancestors did was they embraced the darkness. And then the spring of the year, when it came on the 1st of February, it meant new life and growth. That was when people started to feel a little bit better and a bit more, uh, had a bit more of an appetite for the new year. So if that's the way you're feeling over those next couple of weeks, uh, bear that in mind and uh, go with the flow I would say for a couple of weeks in January may not be the most productive of the year. Now the programme this week uh, is busy 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 as always here on the show and uh, I'll be chatting to the newly elected president of the ICMSA Dennis Drennan took the reins just before Christmas and I'll speak to Dennis now in just a moment staying on new appointments Leishman Declan Hanrahan from Boris Nostri is the new national beef chairman of the IFA it's a big job uh, but with sucklers dairy calf to beef and a finishing system Declan is well versed in all the different areas of beef farming and he will join me little bit later to chat about his new role within the organisation and indeed the many challenges facing beef farmers in 2024. The Positive Farmers Conference that takes place next week in Cork. It's the annual dairy event that takes place every year at this time, early January always, and it always has a host of interesting speakers. People who look at things and do things a little bit different from the norm. And I, I always like to see and hear what these people have to say. One of the organisers Organisers is Gillian O'Sullivan. Gillian's a dairy farmer with her own interesting backstory. Both herself and her husband are practising vets who have left their professions behind to milk cows. Uh, they have four small children, so they've also made the decision to milk once a day. And I'll be chatting to Gillian about the family farm and the conference a little bit later here in the programme. As I said, it's the first programme of the new year. And what does this new year have in store for you? What is written in the stars as to how things will play out. Tough questions to answer, but a lady who is in the know on all things astrological is Nicole Buckler. She is the editor of Old Moore's Almanac. The Almanac is on the go for 260 years. You may remember, I did a piece on the Almanac, not last year, the year before. It's that little green book that you will be familiar with. It's in homes up and down the country. They sell about 50,000, 60,000 copies annually. And it is on the go for over 260 260 years this year, which is a feat in itself. So they must be doing something right. Uh, Later, Nicole will join me to chat about how simple information such as when new moons will occur can help you with your weather predictions and much more. It's a, a book that's always been synonymous with agriculture and I look forward to speaking to Nicole later. As always, text or WhatsApp the programme on 083 30 10 103. Be happy to put anything to our guests this evening. And we are starting, as I said, with the newly elected president of the ICMSA, and that is Dennis Drennan. Dennis, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thanks for having me on, and a very good evening to you, and a happy new year to you and all your listeners. 
Uh, many thanks, uh, Dennis. And our, our listeners here will be familiar with uh, your predecessor, Pat McCormack. Pat spoke to us many times over the course of his um, role as president with your organisation. You've taken up the baton from uh, Pat, uh, Dennis, and you have spoken to us in your previous incarnation. You were in charge of rural affairs with the ICMSA. But uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, Dennis, can you just give us a little bit of a, a background on yourself? Where exactly you are, uh, where your farm and your enterprise, and uh, how you got to the, uh, the president role in the ICMSA? Yeah, well, I suppose, look, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a dairy farmer from Kenny. I, 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 I farm just about four miles outside Kenny City, so I'm close enough yet far enough that uh, I don't have any issues that go along with being right on top of the city. So it's a very rural part of Kenny, even though it's very close to Kenny City, but it's a very strong farming stronghold. There was uh, mixed mix farming in my area with a lot of tillage, sheep and beef and a lot of dairy and also after creeping out the last couple of years. Um, so that's, that's, what, that's what I did. It's a family farm. A modest-sized uh, number of cows on a family farm, and that's the, that's the number one occupation. Um that I, that I get up to. Is it a standard spring calf and herd you have, Dennis? Yeah. Yeah, all the cows are dry there just before Christmas now and uh, we'll start back up around the 1st of February and uh, we cast the grass, hopefully. Uh, not, 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 I, I'm interested to hear what Moore's Almanac is going to say. I hope the weather is going to be better for, for us all next year than yeah, it has been all, this year. It's been, well, it's, it's been tough going. It's funny you say it, uh, Dennis, because there was a weather report, Irish climate report, which uh, popped into me over Christmas and I was looking through it. And talking about 2023, it was the wettest March on record and it was also the warmest June on record and then the wettest July on record. So when you're looking at a year of um, um, box ticking when it comes to records being broken, not what you'd ex- expect, but it really was a challenging year, 2023. So as you say, hopefully 2024 will be a little bit different. Uh, your own farm then, Dennis, you are, as you say, spring calving. Are you selling your calves then as you go? Do you keep any beef animals or is it a straightforward sale and then stick to stick to the cows and stick to the milking? Well, it, it was, I suppose, because of a fragmented farm and pieces of land rented around the place, uh, small pieces of land rented around the place, I was... Uh, uh, Producing a lot of uh, replacement animals for other people, like I was selling a lot of in calf heifers and calf heifers. But I switched over last year now, it was my first year that was all Hereford cows born on the farm. And uh, I have a customer for all those, a local farmer buys all of those off me. Uh, I just couldn't uh, deal with the, I suppose, the uncertainty of having animals in a shed and going out on the rental market every year, especially with breeding animals. It is very difficult to go out on the rental market every year to find secure land to. To rear heifer. So uh, last year I took, or sorry, two years ago I took the decision to, um, you know, stop using Frisian uh, straws or Frisian bulls and switch over to all Hereford. So I have a great uh, relationship built up with a local farmer who was taking all my Frisian bull calves to finish, and now he switched over. He's taken all my Hereford calves. So it's just basically I'm, I'm basically down the last batch of in calf heifers are on the farm this year. And uh, will be all Hereford and all cows from there on in, just because of the, I suppose, the trickiness of rental land in my area. It's very steep competition for land uh, because of nitrates and banding and all those things that I'm sure we'll get onto later on, like that, that are just making things very difficult and very hard to plan for people. Uh, what's your replacement strategy going to be going forward then, Dennis? If you thought, you presume you've thought about it, me probably hasn't. Hit yeah, you yet, I, I, yeah, I, I have a, a man who used to buy, who bought replacement heifers off me for the last couple of years to get into cows. And he has a very good breeding policy, so I, I have an arrangement with him that I'll take a number of replacements off him every year. So we're, we're, we're kind of keeping the same herd going, but just a different man 
uh, has much breeding in his in his herd. So yeah, well, you're, you're doing, uh, you're, Dennis. You're you're doing what a lot of dairy farmers have had to do in the last couple of years, as you say, as a result of nitrates and banding. You've had to look outside the box and do things a little bit differently, you know, because of just how tight it is now, uh, and trying to keep under the be it the one seventy or the two twenty or the two fifty last year, whatever the case may be. You really do have to look at things differently now, and it's the same for you as for all dairy farmers throughout the country. Well, it's very difficult. Like when you look at, we'll say, from conception to a cow milking in the parlour, you're looking at almost three years or two years and nine months. And uh, it's very hard to plan on rented land unless you have a very long-term lease. And, you know, even though you think a five-year lease is a long-term lease, it's, uh, it doesn't be long coming around. And, you know, when it comes to renewal, then you, you have the, the issue of maybe being gazumped or somebody selling land or doing whatever like. And uh, it's very difficult when you have, you know, maybe maiden heifers in a shed and you're not sure if you have somewhere for them to go for the, for the, for the for coming grazing season. So... I just took the decision that I take that risk factor out of it and um, go in a different direction. And when I had a good relationship with a, a local farmer, a local uh, beef farmer for my for my Frisian bull calves, he was happy that I was uh, willing to move to Hereford, and he's very happy with the stock I'm producing for him. So it's one of those things that we need more farmers, I suppose, working together in, in, in different sectors of farming, working together to come up with a solution that's that's beneficial to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And Dennis, look, the, the question is very open-ended. If I'm talking to you about challenges uh, facing dairy farmers in 2024, uh, for yourself, for your own uh, farm and for your, your, your presidency, what would you say, Dennis, is, is the big one, the really, really big one now that's in front well, of sure. people in the next uh, coming months? I think cost cost is, is a huge one for all sectors at the moment, like whether it's the, the beef sector or the dairy sector or the tillage sector or any sector, I mean, look at it. milk price is always always the number one issue, I suppose. But I think even though if you'd said to me a couple of years ago like that, you know, you'd be getting 35 cents a litre and it wouldn't be any good to you, it wouldn't even cover your cost. Like, I mean, people would have kind of cut-tutted at you or wouldn't have believed you. Like, But I mean, when you see where the cost of fertiliser and feed has remained and the cost of diesel and contracting charges and machinery, you know, like the, the price of milk is, 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 is one element of your, your profit margin. But the cost level that eating into that, that price of milk. And you can see, I suppose, the results are, are there already for the back end of last year with the complete collapse in the supply of milk that I suppose farmers just took a decision that it wasn't going to be financially viable to stay milking on for, for the, you know, from maybe November, December, and a lot of people pulled the plug early because of the high costs. Uh, milk prices for 2024, uh, then, Dennis, uh, where do you feel we're going to be going in the, uh, the opening months of the year once cows get back into milking? Well, it's looking very positive at the moment. I suppose we've had a, we've had a string of, of global dairy trade auctions that were all positive. Dutch dairy quotes are all positive. So, I mean, they're all indicating that we should be in the low 40s almost immediately. Uh, if you look at the return on the, on the butter and skim milk powder and the Dutch dairy quotes, they're returning probably somewhere between 43 and 44 cents a litre. Now, I know you don't always get the highs or the lows of the Dutch dairy quotes, but the indications are that milk price has probably moved up six, five, six, seven cents a litre in the last, probably since around the time of time of ploughing, and uh, the global dairy trade is, is, is you know, reiterating that, that it's going from strength to strength, and it's up again 1.2% this week, like, so it's, it's building on a, a huge number of gains in the, probably the past six or seven auctions. Okay, we had one little blip where it dropped maybe 1%, but the, the general trend is going in the right direction, but what they needed at farm level, like, because as I said, I said already, the cost, the cost of produce, of production is, is very, very high at the moment. 
Uh, finally, then, before I let you go, then nitrates being the big one uh, coming up towards the back end of the year there, 2023. Farmers had to get the paperwork in if they'd moved slurry earlier in the year. Yep. Uh, everyone, as I said, conscious you're in the derogation, you've that slightly higher level. Uh, and uh, if, you're, if you're not, you're under the 170 and you're watching figures and you're watching movements and you're trying to stay under it and keep under the radar of, of all of these things. It's a real, real challenge and uh, trying to keep, hang on to the derogation that we now have for 2024 uh, is, is the big one. Are you confident we can do it uh, going forward, Dennis, or should farmers be maybe keeping an eye on how I would handle things if I was down at 170? Well, you look at you always have to prepare. I suppose you prepare for the worst and hope for the best is always a good strategy. Like, but I uh, know, like when you asked me the question, what was the big issue? I think it was a close call between the cost of production, the price of milk, and the, the ability to hold on to the number of cows that you need for your for your, for your business model. And uh, the nitrates certainly put a huge pressure on a huge number of farmers. Uh, you know, having built up maybe and put facilities in place and infrastructure in place, and maybe have debt in place to that needs to be serviced by X number of cows and now being told that you have to reduce your numbers um, is, is certainly putting pressure on a lot of people and both physical pressure, mental pressure and, and, and financial pressure also. Um, but I suppose, look, at we, we have to hope that the measures that are being brought in uh, and as they're being implemented by farmers will show results. Uh, we're always told this is a lag period between new measures and results actually showing. So I suppose... We have to be hopeful that the, the measures, that the number of measures, and the huge raft of measures being brought in in the last two or three years, especially for derogation farmers. So you'd be hoping that they would pay dividends. And also, I suppose, look at the figures are in already, I suppose, in regards to the use of chemical fertilizer. And it's down way, way down in the past two years than it has been previously. And in fact, we've exceeded our targets of reduction for, uh, you know, that were there for 2030 already. And we're only in 2020, starting 2024, but by the end of 2023, we had exceeded our targets for reduction in chemical fertilizer. So you really, you really hope that after pay dividends and that, uh, you know, the better practice that's happening on farms will, will show dividends, will see a, at least a stagnation, if not an improvement in water quality and the derogation hopefully will be secure going forward. Yeah, absolutely, Dennis. I'm going to say many thanks for joining me here on the programme. No doubt we'll be speaking to you plenty over the course of your role. Uh, many thanks for joining me this evening, Dennis, and uh, we'll speak to you again. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Thank you. Uh, Dennis Drennan there, ICMSA President, and uh, Dennis giving us a rundown on what he feels are the biggest issues affecting, look, not only farming, uh, not only dairy farming, I should say, but farming in general. And uh, cost, cost, cost is is the big one. Uh, there is no question about that. Also interesting, Dennis's own model on the farm, the fact that he has moved away from breeding his own replacements and is running a Hereford uh, bull from the outset. I would say the neighbour who's buying those calves is a very happy individual to be getting January-born Hereford calves. That's always the issue with the Herefords and the Anguses. They always come along later in the year, out at the end of March and start of April, when calves at that stage of the year really, really hard get weight on them going forward. And uh, to get an early January, February born calf, that is exactly what you're looking for if you're in the calf to beef system. So I'd say there's going to be no problem shifting them. And it is an interesting model. Uh, Maybe that's the route we're going to be going down a little bit more now. We're going to be looking more at contract rearing and each individual then doing individual things. So somebody working on replacements, people then sticking with just the uh, the beef breeds from early doors interesting to see how it will work but uh, uh, especially interesting when someone was relying on rented land and as Dennis himself said you just don't know if you're going to get gazumped if someone's going to come in and uh, he had to take action in relation to that now sticking on the area of dairy farming 
Gillian O'Sullivan is going to join me in just a moment. She's going to be speaking about the Positive Farmers Conference taking place in County Cork next week. So stay tuned for that. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, I am delighted to be joined by Gillian O'Sullivan from the Positive Farmers Conference, which is taking place next week. Gillian, many thanks for joining me on the programme this evening. Thanks ever so much, MJ. Delighted to be on. Uh, you're more than welcome, uh, Gillian. And the Positive Farmers Conference, something we uh, profile here yearly on the programme. It's always the first week back in January and you hit the ground running early with the Positive uh, Farmers Conference. It's always the first week of January. We're going to speak about it in just a moment. You're involved in the organising of it. But you have an interesting backstory yourself, Gillian, in relation to your own farming enterprise. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your husband and uh, your background and what you're up to now, please? Yeah, so myself and my husband, Neil, uh, we were both studying um, and working up in Dublin as vets. And uh, my brother and my father would have been daring uh, home here in, in Dungarvan. But unfortunately, my, my brother passed away at the end of 2008. And uh, myself and my, my husband, we made, made the decision to come down and basically learn daring from scratch. So we, um, in the first, uh, I, I guess, in it, to, to learn the ropes, we decided to go once a day in that first year just to cope with um everything that was, was coming on board with us. But um, once we got to grips with the once-a-day system, uh, we've been at it ever since, and uh, it's working out really, really well for us. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Gillian. The, uh, the once-a-day is uh, something people are looking at a little bit more now. It was also the uh, Chagas Dairy event was on back in November time, and it was people milking maybe 10 times over the course of two weeks as well, 10, 14, I think it was called. So people are looking at this a little bit differently. Uh, the question that a lot of dairy farmers ask then, is there, is there problems with the cows? Is there problems with cell counts and whatnot? Uh, what's your answer to that? I, I think we learned a heck of a lot in the first year or two, and we learned that there are certain cows that are better suited to once a day. But like over the years, we're, we're back up producing 450 kilos milk solids on a once a day system with you know two third with a, you know a third less labour. We'll say in the in the system, uh, probably things you have to look out for is just you know um, the, the successes is surrounding the genetics in the system. So make sure you have the right genetics there to suit what what you're going at. And, um, and and keep an eye on cell count. That's another thing. But basically, it's all about low cost dairying and and um, and being focused on 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 being profitable off off grass. And what time do you milk the cows at, Gillian? So we we have four children. So we have a very early start. Um, we start maybe close to six o'clock. Uh, we'd be done by just around eightish, and then uh, we'd be back in in time for the school bus and that around um, you know twenty past half eight. And is it a spring calving system then as normal or, or, or otherwise other than your once a day? Yeah, we're, we're spring calving. We're on our holidays at the moment, so it's feet mm. up, but apart from the conference next week. But yeah, we're, we're, we start calving maybe the last couple of days of January and we milk on till the, uh, the last few days of November. But we, we really prioritise that time off and downtime in between December and uh, and January. So yeah, it's time to put on a bit of condition at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Listen, you're going to burn it off. No question about it. Same as every farmer in the country. Uh, but it is nice to uh, speak to someone. And this is what I like about the Pads of Farmers Conference as well. You, you often uh, come across speakers and people at it who are involved in it who think about things a little bit differently and look at things a little bit differently. Like, obviously, the, the twice a day milking wasn't going to suit you with a young family, especially you were getting into it without a huge background in the area. So you looked at it, you're doing it, and it's working for you. And really, that is where we are in, in a lot of areas of farming, but especially dairy farming. Like, you just have to look at what works for you. And work-life balance is probably more important than ever, I'd say. 
Yeah, you could, yeah. I mean, you, you design your farm system to suit your own farm situation and circumstances. I mean, our farm is very, very steep. So once a day is actually ideally suited to, one, to, um, to, to the layout of the farm because the farm is fragmented. It's very, very long um, in it, it, it's long and narrow in its shape and it's, it's really incredibly steep. So, you know, there's certain things that work for your farm, but you have to be a very open minded. And that's the one thing about the conference. There's a whole um, range of speakers, but all of those ideas are very fresh and, and you just have to have to uh, dip into it to see what, what you can take home and what you can bring to your own farm and put into practice. Uh, do you miss working with the small animals, Gillian? You had a small animal uh, vet is what you were working at before you started dairy farming. Uh, do you, have, you, have you gone away from that? Do you think you might go back to it again at some stage or are you, are you happy with milking cows? Uh, I, di- I did enjoy being a small animal vet and uh, went into a little bit of consultancy afterwards. But I must say there's a huge reward from being a dairy farmer. Um, it's the way we've set it up, um, having four children now, it is it, it, like it's a wonderful way of life. It is great for the kids to see the whole circle of what happens over the course of the year. And, uh, you, you know, it is at the end, essentially, it's very, very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about the Positive Farmers Conference then, it's taking place uh, next week, this day week and Thursday. And I am looking at some of your speakers that you have lined up for next week. A big lineup as always, but a lot of international speakers, a lot of really interesting people, um, loads and loads. But just picking a couple, look, you've the CEO of Tierlawn, uh, Jim Bergen. Obviously, he's going to be very interesting to see what he's going to talk about with milk prices uh, coming up in 2024. You also have mm-hmm. Paul Bird, he's from New Zealand and he's specialising in the area of farm business. I always like these New Zealand guys that come up and have a chat. They really think about things a little bit differently down there. Well, Paul Bird has, uh, is a business advisor with Dairy NZ and he's, been, um, he's got 20 years experience in farm consultancy. So when it comes to farm finances and economics, like he's kind of second to none. So we're actually blessed to have him to come over and we have, uh, he's doing a session on day one and on day two. The first one is around, um, we say low cost principles for, for, for successful dairying. And the second day is very interesting. This is all around risk management. And when you look at, at um, the risks that farms are, are dealing with nowadays, where it's, whether it's in uh, volatility around milk price or volatility in, in weather extremes, you know, there's, and especially volatility around environmental policy and regulations that are coming down very rapidly down the tracks. It is great to have solutions that are ready-made for farmers to look into making a resilient farm business. So I think Paul Bird will be, will be um, you know, a, a real uh, draw for crowds. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also have uh, some great speakers over from across the water from the UK. Uh, there's gentleman Ed Dale. I'm just reading the bio here on your, your website. And uh, during the 1940s, uh, his, uh, what I'm presuming are parents, possibly grandparents, they started on a nine acre small holding and they started milking 18 cows. And today the farm has grown to 25 full time and 15 part time staff members. Uh, now that is some growth in a, what is a relatively short space of time. Yeah, in- incredible, um, just a, a change there. And, and again, it's about perspective, mindset and positivity. And Ed puts all of that into practice. And I actually am really looking forward to seeing, it, to seeing Ed. But we have another um, uh, overseas speaker again from Wales. It's uh, Welsh farmer Will Evans. And uh, he's going to come and speak about, he's going to be um, on the, our mental health slot. So we have a session around um, I guess something that affects everybody at a certain stage and you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's your, your mental health and that positivity that you need to 
sometimes it, it can be quite hard to be um, to be a farmer, to be somewhat isolated or alone. And mental health is such a huge issue of late. So uh, Will is going to talk uh, about his experience of tackling uh, or dealing with mental health issues. Um, and in his own words, he said he comes at it with a very light-hearted uh, approach because uh, Will is a great speaker. He hosts a very popular podcast show called Rock and Roll Farming. So he's very used to speaking about this and uh, he has a lovely story to tell. And it is great to give farmers uh, or anybody um, that bit of, of, of um, you know, it, 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 you're not in this thing alone, that there are other people out there and other people managed to get to to get help around mental health issues. Yeah, absolutely. Such a huge area. If people are interested in going, Gillian, what is the best bet? Is it the website and booking online or have you still spaces? Uh, Tell us a little bit about that, please. There certainly are some spaces you can get tickets for either both days or or the first day or the second day. It's January 10th and 11th, it's Wednesday and Thursday next week. On the first day, there is a really... um, excellent piece around uh, from around the, the systems farming. So you've got UCD, Lions Estate, Systems Herd, so that's the high input cows, you know, that, that top brand for that top band of nitrates. And they're going to be in a in, in a discussion or an open forum with, with the Moorpark farm systems. So that's again just to give farmers the idea that, well, which band should I be targeting and why and the reasons why this is very unique because we've had not had that type of mm-hmm. open forum for discussion around this issue before. So I think that's going to be a real um, crowd drawn day one. Now on on the so around getting tickets, it's um, they're available online at www.positivefarmers.ie, and there are still tickets available. So. It's going to be um, a great week next week. It's going to be really busy, but it'll, it'll be uh, there's loads of information there to help out farmers in decision making, especially in the next 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. Gillian, I'm going to say many, many thanks for joining me here, giving us a great rundown on the event. Uh, we wish you well with it. No doubt it'll be very busy and uh, hopefully you have a good spring and a productive 2024. Really appreciate that, MJ. Thank you. More than welcome. Uh, Gillian O'Sullivan there and it's the Positive Farmers Conference and log on online positivefarmers.ie if you want to have a look at tickets or booking and there is a really, really, really good lineup there I have to say. Now coming up after the break we're going to be speaking to Leishman Declan Hanrahan he's just after taken over as the IFA National Chair for Beef. So we're going to speak to Declan in just a moment. Stay tuned for that. Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshow.ie And you're welcome to Country Life on Midlands 103 on this our first programme of 2024 so we're halfway through the programme and coming up now we have Declan Hanrahan Declan is the new IFA National Beef Chair from County Leash Declan many thanks for joining me this evening on the programme Thanks very much, MJ. Thanks very much. I have to say congratulations on your role, uh, Declan. It's a, it's a big job, the National Beef Chair. And uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, Declan, as I said, you're from County Leash. But can you give us a little bit of background, Declan, on your, your enterprise and your IFA career to date, please? Um, I, I'm, I live outside, a mile outside the village of Boris and Austria. Uh, I farm a little over 100 acres between uh, my own land and a small bit of leased land. I keep 35 suckler cows and I rear within the region of 30 to 40 um, dairy cross calves along every year with that. Uh, bringing my progeny then on between stores and beef also. So that's mainly what I do um, uh, in the line of IFA. I would have come up through my branch um, and then on to uh, county level, uh, county executive level, then brought it on to the Represent Leash 
on the Livestock Committee and was uh, Livestock uh, Vice Chair for the last, uh, over the last two years. And there uh, on the 6th of December was voted as uh, National Livestock Chair. So that's uh, how we've got this far anyway, MJ. Yeah, well, you're very well versed in the area, beef farm in Declan, to be the beef chair between the suckler cows and between the dairy cross calves and then you're bringing cattle through to beef as well as stores. You have your finger in all the different areas of beef and rightly so if you're going to be advising in in this area. Um, one of the areas that we'll start with is that of the suckler cows. We have the SCEP programme this year. Look, farmers got paid for having their suckler cow. That's the main thing. However, towards the back end of the year, we saw the stars were changing and uh, the more continental cows seem to be losing stars in favour of their uh, dairy bread replacements. And there was a lot of disquiet among suckler farmers. They weren't happy. Uh, what was your own position on this, Declan? And uh, how did you feel those star rating changes um, worked with suckler farming? Uh, well, first going off that um, ICBF um, have acknowledged that uh, I suppose the commun- communications around this wasn't what it should have been, and uh, they have ICBF has been before the livestock committee and they've been before national council at IFA level, and out of the livestock committee, the last uh, meeting in which we had and that Sean Cochran was there, uh, there will be there's going to be a stakeholder forum. Uh, that's going to be convened the end of January and all the stakeholders involved in the changes that uh, is being proposed by ICBF to the star rating system will get a chance there to air their grievances uh, about it and to see what can be worked out. But I must first say that any of the farmers that are in participating in SCEP IFA's position and the Livestock Committee's position is very simple that they can't be ad- adversely affected either with the payments or uh, with the star ratings for the lifetime of the, for the duration of the, the SCEP scheme, which runs from 2023 to 2027. Mm. So, so look, within that, there's been a lot of talk about it in the media and, and everything, I suppose. Look, really and truly, uh, 84% that are currently four and five star ICBF maintained it. Uh, 84% that are currently four or five star will retain their four or five star status. So just a lot has to be worked out yet before um, before everything is got over the line. And uh, we have to bring, everyone has to come along in this process. And ICBF realise that now that, you know, and that's why this forum is set up that, you know, farmers have to have confidence in it. If they have some confidence in it, it's, it's not going to work. Uh, breeders have to have confidence in it. So there's a there's a there's a bit to be worked out uh, yet now, but uh, hopefully uh, once when the form gets up and running, that a lot of these can be can be ironed out. But look, in the line of the skip scheme, very important scheme, 46 million paid out this year. Total budget over the five years of 256 million. You know, 150 on the first 22 cows, 120 on the subsequent cows up to your reference number. That's serious money mm. in the in the in the suckler system, and we have to work on that and get more money into that system. And this is and uh, you know this is the way to work on it. You know, so we we have a lot higher now, Jess, but uh, I can understand farmers uh, with the changes that have been brought on them so suddenly how they would be. Uh, 
disgruntled with it. Yeah, you're correct though, Declan, that it is serious money. Though that, that type of money in suckler uh, farming is, is real, yeah. real money and it has to be looked after, it has to be minded and as you say, there has to be discussion around how uh, these star ratings are going to change going forward. Just moving on yeah. a little, uh, Declan, with another programme then that came in to the fore towards the end of last year and one I gave a lot of thumbs up for, and that's the National Genomic Programme where we're going to try and genotype the national herd. Uh, the big one for yeah. me on this is and you're doing it, uh, Declan, your dairy cross calves and you're bringing them forward through to beef. Quality, quality, quality is the problem here. Trying to get a good quality dairy cross calf is, is, the, is the issue. Do you think this genomics programme is, is going to help in that regard? And it, are we going to see dividends in the next couple of years? It is. It is going to help and very much help because it's going to have, it's going to bring an exact parentage on the, on the calves that's pre- presented for sale. And then now with that, there's going to be a commercial beef value on those animals up on the mass boards. And that will give the farmer that is buying those calves confidence of what, the, what it says on the tin is on the tin. And as well as that, uh, that the calf has the potential to, to, to achieve what they want to achieve in the, in the, in the, in the beef uh, for to take it forward either as stores or go the whole way with beef. And I think it is... Uh, they're talking in the region of this year there were 800,000 cows to 600,000 dairy cows and 200,000 suckler uh, cows uh, that would be apart from the skit scheme. So 23 million was allocated of our funding to the, the genotyping programme. So it is going to make a change and I think even within dairy farm and all, look we have seen the changes in derogation the loss of calf slaughter Dairy farmers see themselves and beef farmers, the value of that better calf, the whole way along the chain. And I think it's going to be more realised in the next couple of years and the next short while as well, because we have to work together to try and get the best outcomes for, 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 our, for the dairy farmers and for the beef farmers. Beef farmers, are it's a low profit business, as everyone knows and all your listeners know. So they have to see, and the higher cost and everything, they have to see value over the animals that are put into their system. Yeah, 100%. Declan, talking about costs, and uh, we'll finish up on this one, but uh, speaking to Dennis Trennan, the new president of the IFA at the start of the programme, and Dennis said the big one for dairy farmers in 2024 is uh costs and input costs uh, the same can yeah. be said for beef farmers you said Declan it's a, it's a low margin game uh, so look this year is going to be again cattle prices up towards the back end of last year especially for the, the fattening and the finishing individuals uh, it's going to be tough and if input prices stay where they are can we can we keep our heads above water can we make a margin at all in 2024 well look that has been the killer since the Ukrainian uh, war the invasion of Russia into Ukraine that the costs have gone completely out of control and now last year they crept back a bit this year they're talking about them creeping back a bit further but they need to, they would need to come back seriously for to get us get us into a better position now I will say across the markets we have moved uh, on a good bit in the last six weeks from where we were previously before that especially creeping up on top of the British uh, price and the same with the EU markets as well. So, look, in the line of the markets, it's all going well for the rest of the year. Uh, we're back this year alone. Our, our kill is a little over 1 million, uh, you know, uh, 1,700,000 cattle, and we're back 40,000 cattle. They maintain, uh, for be it, that we will be back again this year also, 
and the British market as well, they're 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 going to be down somewhere in the region of seven percent also. So the demand in the highest price markets, which for us is Britain and in in Europe augurs well for us. So in that if we can stay in that in that in that area, yes, you would be hoping, but we need to need see a, a serious reduction in cost because it ju- it just it does not make sense the 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 the, adi- the additions that has been added on to farmers in the last number of years that has been a killer on them and we're at a very expensive time of the year at this time feeding cattle indoors silage feed you you name it you know so yeah. and the weather has been a a barrier to us also. Well, the big one, Declan, again, 2024 is going to be the weather as well and will we get an early spring and all these questions have to be answered. Declan, I'm going to leave it there. Look, we, we went around the house on a few different issues there. We're going to be speaking to you plenty on the programme here over the course of your yeah. chairmanship of the Beef Committee. So I'll say many thanks for joining me, Declan, and we speak to you again on the show. Thanks very much, MJ, and I just wish yourself and your listeners a happy new year and a safe farm and throughout the year also. Very good. Many thanks, Declan. Uh, Declan Hanrahan there, newly appointed IFA National Beef Chair, as Declan said, from just outside Barsnastry in County Leash. We'll be speaking to Declan on uh, the programme over the course of the year. Lots of big, big issues in beef and the star rating has been a big one for suckler farmers. But the fact there's a forum set up there and there's going to be more dialogue in relation to that is the important one. The main thing is that suckler farmers don't feel that the game is being changed without them being involved and that you can still have your good quality continental cow who's going to breed a good quality calf that's really where we want to be at and uh, that's the important message in relation to that now coming up after the break we're going to be trying to predict what's going to happen for 2024 so this is an important one Old Moore's Almanac the editor Nicole Buckler is going to join me all the way from sunny Australia so I have to try and get her now over the course of the next couple of minutes wish me luck and uh, we're going to aim to be speaking to Nicole in a couple of minutes when you come back so stay tuned Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore, supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands, worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. And I said before the break, I was going to try and patch a call through to uh, sunny Australia and it has happened to work. I have Nicole Buckler on the line. Nicole is the editor of Old Moore's Almanac. Nicole, many thanks for joining me from Down Under this evening. Okay. Uh, Nicole, we'll uh, we'll do our best on reception now. So fingers crossed, it'll it'll work for us. Uh, tell us what uh, part of Australia are you in this morning? I presume in your neck of the woods. Um, yeah, I'm in the Gold Coast, so that's in Queensland. So it's uh, pretty hot here compared to Ireland. So I went from freezing cold to really really hot. <laughs> and what temperature is it right now where you are? Uh, 27 at the moment and it's like 5 o'clock in the morning so we probably will be up to 36 during the day today. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay Nicole, so you are uh, an Australian but you live in Ireland and you're back home for a couple of weeks at Christmas. You're editor of Old Moore's Almanac. It's the green book yep. that people may be familiar with, they may not be as well. So can you give us a little bit of a background on it Nicole? Let's pretend people have never heard about this book before. What is it pray tell? Been around for 260 years with this edition in 2024, which is a really, really long time. And it's actually so old that there's copies in Trinity Longhorn next to the Bible, since there's still some old copies in like the National Library of Ireland. So this has been around for a very long time, and it was originally made for um, rural um, rural Ireland, and it was a lot of things like 
charts about planting by the moon and things like that. And we still carry those um, full moon and we carry tide times for the fish of, you know, fish of folk and all those things. So that's, that tradition still remains. Um, but it was originally started by a guy from County Offaly and he eventually moved um, into a place called Milltown, which is now part of Dublin, but it wasn't back then. And he was known as like a soothsayer and he was seen as a savant and he could speak four languages, including Latin and Greek. So he was a really interesting man of his time. And he lived a really long life for his time as well. He lived into his 90s, which for back then was really unusual. And so it was originally it was it was devised for the rural communities to to make sure they had all the information they need in planting cycles and things like that. But actually now that everyone can get that information on the internet, we've widened out the scope and, and we do editorial articles as well about soil health and other things like that. So it's been popular for the whole time of its existence, but it's seen a revival recently. We've gone back to doing a lot of predictions, which is what it was originally famous for. And that's, it's actually so popular right now. We just, it just went crazy this year as well. And even Germany is reporting on the old, old Moore's Almanac predictions this year. So we've had Germany MSN pick it up for this year. So it's been incredible. We've had so much response. Well, your sales are in around 60,000 copies. Now, that is a feat in itself. That is a lot, a lot of copies to be sold on an annual basis. So obviously you're on the go, as you say, 250 years plus, selling 60,000 copies. So obviously these predictions year on year and the content must be good in order to maintain popularity. Yeah, so um, in its heyday, that's it, in its heyday before TV and radio were really a big thing, especially in the country, um, it was selling 250,000 copies. So it was a massive thing in its day. Um, however, that kind of dropped off as TV and, and radio became a thing. But we actually relaunched it in 2010 and it was down to like two or 3,000 copies. And then since then, we've, we've um, relaunched it, made it go colour, expanded the sort of editorial scope of it. And now it's more, it's, now, it's inching up to 65,000 this time. So we're hoping, to, we'd love to get back to where it was, but that's, that's been our trajectory so far. So it's regaining popularity. And a lot of people will say to us, oh, you know, I had an auntie who lived on a farm and she always had it in the house or I had a grandfather who had it. And um, it's a real Irish tradition, especially in the country. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm looking at some of the predictions for 2024 and one of them Mm -hmm. which I'm looking at, which I find is very interesting and I I definitely won't disagree with it. The fight to save cash begins. And this is a rural Mm -hmm. Ireland thing as well, especially with uh, farmers, checkbooks. Uh, Farmers use cash and they use checkbooks a lot, uh, not so much in relation to cards. And there is a big issue that they are going to be weeded out and uh, checkbooks are going to have to become a thing of the past because this whole concept of Mm -hmm. cash is going to become something which we won't have on a daily basis. Uh, This is really interesting and uh, as you say it's a prediction but uh, probably really apt. The whole thing with cash that the prediction is that within two years um, it's cash will be gone so it's called the fight to save cash. Now Mm. a lot of rural, rural people a lot of older people like cash as well they just prefer it and they prefer going into a bank and that's really getting saved out hard and so there's another thing that's moving in which is the, this is a prediction. There's another thing that's moving in. It's a type of cryptocurrency made by governments called CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies. Now, what people are really worried about these CBDCs is that once they're in use, 
every single transaction is recorded on a blockchain. And so people are really worried about the government having a bit too, and banks too, getting a bit too much control about what we're spending on. So, and they, like in China, they already have a CBDC and they can actually say to their, the people who use that, you have such and such a time to spend your money, otherwise we take it off you, you know, if they're trying to stimulate the economy and stuff. So people are really worried about the loss of cash. So yeah, I, I think that's an interesting prediction. Other one which is interesting as well, Nicole, and that is collapsing birth rates. So uh, the birth rate is going mm-hmm. to fall as the year uh, goes on. And again, this is something we've seen uh, towards the end of 2023 and uh, really interesting for 2024. Yes, and so especially in Europe, um, the birth rates really are falling. And there was a story um, in Italy about it being the lowest birth rate ever. And there was a story circulating about there was no babies for three months in Italy. And that has people panicked. Now, I think Ireland's fertility has always been the highest in Europe, something along those lines. So I think Ireland, we're okay there in terms of we love babies. Like, everyone loves babies in Ireland. Like, you have a baby in Ireland, everyone comes over and talks to you. Like, we still love babies in Ireland. But in other countries, it's really falling. And Japan and South Korea recorded the lowest birth rate in centuries as well in at the start of 2024. I think the reports came out. So there, that is that is a really serious worry. So we've got to start having more babies. <laughs> There's so, there is so much stuff in the almanac, uh, Nicole. I could stay speaking to you all evening, but unfortunately, I'm just running out of time. So just if people yep. are interested in picking up a copy, what is the best uh, course of action if you want to get your hands on Old Moore's Almanac? Um, in every single news agent, but just put a call in first because sometimes they sell out and we sell the most <clears throat> copies in Athlone and Galway. So if you're in those two cities, then you might have to travel a bit further. But we can also we also sell it through our website, which is oldmoresalmanac.com. We're going to say many thanks, and Nicole, for getting up bright and early. Uh, go and enjoy a nice day now okay. by the beach. And uh, we will speak to you again <laughs> on the programme. Many thanks. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Nicole Buckler there from All Moore's Almanac and uh, as Nicole said if you're interested in a copy uh, you can grab one in your local newsagents but Athlone and Galway are the two biggest selling areas so Athlone if you're uh, a dweller from County Westmead uh, you mightn't get it in your local newsagent you might have to pop around and have a look uh, loads of predictions and also the whole area of astrology the moons and as Nicole said if you know the Olmore's Almanac, you know it, and we would have had a copy in our house uh, back in the day. My dad would have looked at it for the new moons was a big one, and especially the weather the day after a new moon, and that would give a good indication of what the weather would be like for the next 28 days. Uh, now, that is it for this evening's programme. I'd like to thank all of my guests, Nicole Buckler there from sunny Australia, Declan Hanrahan from not-so-sunny Boris and Ostry, uh, Gillian O'Sullivan from County Waterford, and we started off with Dennis Drennan from County Kilkenny, the ICMSA present. Show is repeated Sunday morning at 7am until 8am. I'll be back with you next week, as always. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts. If you type in MJ space Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y, will pop up. And I will be back with you in seven days' time. So many thanks for joining me this evening. Good night and God bless. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. WOrshaw.ie